0: Hello, co journeyers, and welcome back to The Truth So Help Me Good. I am your host, Barbara Landry, and together we will explore some of the bigger questions about this journey we call life. With inspiration from my upcoming memoir, The Truth So Help Me Good, welcome to episode four. We live in a world full of uncertainty barraged with more information about what is happening in the world than we can possibly process. Perhaps feeling helpless about what we can do to make things better for ourselves as well as others. We all want to feel that we can make a difference, that we have some degree of control, and that our actions mean something. If you listened to episode three, then you know that I am a recovering type A personality. Someone who likes to take charge of a situation. It is likely that this behavior began when I was a young child, living in a world that felt unpredictable. Looking to the adults in my life to be seen and understood and for a number of different reasons, finding that they were unable to be responsive to my needs. I found myself taking responsibility for the situations around me, including my own happiness, as well as the happiness of others. This sense of feeling responsible carried forward into my adult life Shaping my actions as well as my motivations for them. If I am good, I will be loved. And if I work hard, I will be respected. If I am kind, I will receive kindness in return. Every action was designed to have a specific result and in that way I believed I was able to have control over my world, my will, my way. As a child I adopted this approach as a survival skill in order to create a sense of safety and security. As an adult It had outlived its usefulness. I took responsibility for things that were not mine. I believed I had control over things that I did not. And I caused myself to suffer by expecting my actions to have a specific outcome, which was rarely the case. This became clear to me one Saturday morning when at my office, opening the mail. I received a notice from the court that one of my divorce cases was going to be dismissed if my client did not file certain information within a prescribed period of time. This was not new news. I had spoken to my client about it many times. But holding the court notice in my hand I felt my heart clench and my anxiety began to rise as my mind raced to figure out how to fix the situation immediately. It was as though a hot potato had just dropped into my lap. I felt the desperation of not having control. Even though it was a Saturday, I called my client. It was obvious that I had woken her up. I explained the situation with a sense of urgency, and her reply was filled with ambivalence. She would try to get it done, and did not sound very concerned about it. I got off the phone and asked myself, Why do I care more about this woman's case than she does? Why am I feeling more responsible for what happens than she does? I mean, there was the obvious. As her lawyer, it was my job to make sure things were filed with the court in a timely fashion. But this went deeper than that. I was taking responsibility for the part of her case that was for her to do, not me. And it felt as though I cared more about it than she did. I realized in that moment that this related back to my childhood. My knee-jerk reaction that I had to fix every problem that was in front of me, whether it was really mine to do or not, was old and no longer served me or the people around me. I was in a constant state of being attached to the outcome of situations. In other words, I believed consciously or subconsciously that I was responsible for how things turned out, even for the things that were beyond my control. If you listened to episode 3, you also know that part of my healing journey involved learning the practice of yoga. My yoga teacher also taught a class on the Bhagavad Gita. The Gita is an ancient Hindu text which tells the story of Prince Arjuna and Krishna. It is a hero's journey of sorts where Arjuna is taught many life lessons by Krishna. At the time that I took the class, I could not even pronounce the name but it taught me many things and among them was the idea of being unattached from the outcome of my actions. The way it is written in the Gita goes something to the effect of, we should be concerned with our actions but not the fruit of our actions. When we act and are attached to the outcome We are in a constant state of unrest. We create our own resistance in that we will only be satisfied if things happen in a particular way. The catch-22 is that what happens in response to our actions is usually beyond our control. So when things don't turn out the way we want, It comes back on us, and we are unhappy, we are disappointed, we suffer. So, in the case of my client, her need to actively participate in her own case by providing necessary information to the court was on her. My actions were designed to try and make her do something that was her responsibility, which ultimately was beyond my control. My responsibility as her attorney was to advise her of what she needed to do. Whether she actually did it or not was up to her. Without being clear on what my responsibility and what was someone else's, I was in a constant push and pull to try and exercise control. Once I was able to recognize that all I could do was my part and let the rest go, I became free from the resistance that I myself had created by doing my part and surrendering to the outcome I could relax into the flow without feeling responsible. This is true freedom. To know that your actions have meaning regardless of the outcome. To do the best you can and trust that it is enough and then to let it go. And we can feel the difference. When we do something for someone with the hope or expectation that we will get something in return, we are in a state of unrest, which continues until or unless we get what we are looking for. Our inner peace is conditioned upon what happens. We are less likely to be aware of the present moment and what is because we are too distracted by our own expectations. But when we give for the sheer sake of giving, we can feel the lightness and freedom in it. Holding the door for someone feels as good for us as it does for the person that we are doing it for. The action alone is enough. The action comes from the heart rather than the ego. Perhaps acting from the heart is the antidote to the overwhelm we feel about the huge problems that the world faces today to give for the sake of giving, to love for the sake of loving, and to offer compassion for the sake of compassion without seeking anything in return. To do the best we can do, be the best we can be, and offer our actions up with faith that we can and do make a difference in the world. I'd like to end this episode with a poem by Dana Folds entitled Allow. There is no controlling life. Try corralling a lightning bolt containing a tornado. Dam a stream and it will create a new channel. Resist and the tide will sweep you off your feet. Allow and grace will carry you to higher ground. The only safety lies in letting it all in. The wild and the weak fear, fantasies, failures, and success. When loss rips off the doors of the heart or sadness veils your vision with despair, practice becomes simply bearing the truth. In the choice to let go of your known way of being, the whole world is revealed to your new eyes. Thank you, Co-Journeyers, for joining me. I look forward to being with you again soon. Take care and be well.